welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to Our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the male orgasm and how it feels. As I personally have no idea how it feels, I have relied on a very dear friend uh, to join me and basically tell us women what it feels like for a man. Roman Wyden, host of the podcast You Love Life, is a, and his podcast is about exploring intimacy. He's also a filmmaker and relationship coach, helping couples mediate challenging moments in their relationship. Welcome to the show. Yes, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing uh, this with us, well, ladies. I'm, I'm honored that you would ask me to describe what a male orgasm feels like. Um, I would say, you know how good it feels when you sneeze? Yeah. Yeah, so it's the same. The sneeze is what, like a second? So it's almost the same for maybe... I don't know, 10 to 20 to 30 seconds, Okay, but more grounded. A sneeze feels very air and very heady yeah. and very bright, whereas yeah. an orgasm is more in the body and more hugging and more, you know, muscle convulsion. Like it's it's just more intense. Do you feel inside. it in a certain part? Like I know for us when we really feel it in the uterus, like some of us will say that it pulsates. I would say it comes from the groin and maybe goes up th- through the chest a little bit and then has like the the tingles, you know, the body tingles. But that's mainly in the groin, ch- in ch- uh, groin stomach, chest area. Okay. Interesting. Because yeah. I don't yeah. – I don't. And, 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 of course, if you're really feeling it, 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 it's sort of in the entire body. Yeah. Right? If you allow yourself to like be with it rather than, okay, done. Yeah. Okay. Then it spreads out. Do you think some men don't allow themselves to feel it in the whole body? I sometimes don't, you know, when I'm in a hurry. Okay. It's kind of like an itch that you need to scratch and you're like, okay, now I got to go to work. (laughs) So I feel like sometimes I treat it superficially. Okay. And it's just like, uh, done. And then it's probably just a constraint to the midsection and not the whole body. Okay. Is there such thing as too many orgasms in a session for men? Uh, Like, well, I suppose you can only have... In a session as in a sex session? Yeah, so I call a session like not necessarily one but maybe like, you know, overnight you might have sex multiple times and all of that. Is that like get too much for a man? No, I think that's fine. I think it all depends on the the partner, right? Is it a new partner? Is it exciting and you want to have sex three times a night? Or is it with your wife and you only have a hotel room for one night because we have kids and the nanny's waiting at home and you just – take advantage of it right yeah so i feel one two times three times is fine okay maybe if i have to go to five i might be a little stretching there you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that's just me can you have different types of orgasms like a normal feeling one versus something you might describe as mind-blowing yeah i mean obviously there's masturbation and there's intercourse right yeah masturbation i would say for a man and i'm speaking for myself and 
all the guys I know that have agreed to this theory, <laughs> and we think there's more of you out there, is that when you masturbate, I think the longer you masturbate the, or, or you prolong it, right? You go, stop, go, stop, you wait. You don't just do it in one go. Okay. It's definitely a more intense orgasm. Right. There's definitely more coming out. There's more, it's, it's just more intense, right? Right. In intercourse, I think when you're with the right partner, and you, for me, in my opinion, if you're really in love and I'm with my wife, and I remember this when we had our second, when the, the conception, is that the word, <laughs> of the second baby. Yeah. I remember the moment. I remember the, the, the space. We even had a house guest there, so we had to be more quiet. Okay. But knowing we said we're going to make a baby, although we didn't know really that that was the one time. Yeah. But we just felt it. And then having intercourse and having an orgasm during that was really intense because it was knowing that this is life energy flowing through me into her, right? Mm. So I just felt that was very, like, shared. So that sounds like that you can sort of change your orgasm feeling depending on the intention behind it. I think you it. can set intentions, yeah. Sometimes the intention is I just got to get it done, Yeah. right, in the shower. You're like, yep. I got to go to work. I got to get it done. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. Whereas other times it's more like let's have a good time, either with myself or my partner. That's There's different very, levels. Yeah, you know? that's very interesting. I always think about how attention affects all areas of your life. I've never thought about it on the orgasm, probably because I've not been wanting to get pregnant. So. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why. There's yeah. one, le- one less intention to set. Yeah. No, I think there's a there's a thing where uh, you can set an intention with a partner and say, when we come or when I come or when you come, if it's together, great. If not, yeah. um, let's be grateful. Let's create light and love, whatever, you know, as airy-fairy as that may sound to a lot of people, I've, I've experienced it to work. Yeah. They do have a better feeling and there's less shame afterwards, especially during masturbation. I feel like often when we masturbate, we feel like we were lazy or we shouldn't have done that or, or we should have done it with our partner. You know, there's, there's this, there's this Catholic or this sort of religious guilt coming from sex is bad, masturbation's wrong, all that stuff. I don't necessarily deal with that too much anymore, but I, I know a lot of people who, who do that. And so I feel when you do that, there might be a shame and like an awkwardness after the, 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 the moment of orgasm when you masturbate. So I feel when you set an intention that's light and love and like I'm pleasuring myself, I'm, I'm letting my body have this and I deserve it and all that. To me, it's, it's got to be a better orgasm. That's really intention because um, since I've decided to start this podcast, I've been reading lots of different things and research, you know, and something that I came across actually which links into tantric sex is that sexuality and orgasms and all of that thing is actually very linked closely to spirituality. Yeah. But the humans and the ego separated it and tried to make sex like a dirty thing. Totally. And it's actually, I think we that have wasn't to, the intention. It was yeah. supposed to bring you closer to the source. Yeah, and I want to say uh, we can thank religion for that. Um, yeah. I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure I read up on it as well, and there's no other mention of some other organization making sex dirty other than when religion came yes. in. And I'm sure there was other moments when um, – Maybe the wrong time for sex was looked at as like, well, don't do that now. That's not, it's not for now, you know? Mm. But yeah, I agree. And I think, I think there's two levels of orgasm. There's the physical and there's the whole body orgasm, the tantric kind of breathing, feeling like light orgasm yeah. that doesn't include ejaculation, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's highly evolved. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still excited about the physical pleasure, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll eventually get there. 
maybe you want to have both in a balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I'm exploring myself what that means. I definitely know that after masturbating, I feel more tired. I'm more like my energy feels like expelled. Like, right. you know, if I have to do something very important, whether it's sports or a business meeting or some heady work, I would not masturbate before that because I will just be kind of like a little bit sluggish. That's interesting. I think as women, I mean, I know I can speak for myself and not for everyone. I feel like it actually does the opposite for us. Like I feel like can put me in a really, yeah, more energy, really creative mood, like completely Mm. do the opposite. Interesting. Yeah. But I feel that there's a lot, you know, sex is life force, right? Mm. Like pro like procreation, having sex, putting sperm in to create a baby, that's like creating life. Mm -hmm. And I think thanks to religion and thanks to this sort of guilt, shame, cultural shaming of sex, I feel we're really suppressed as, as people. And therefore anything sexual always is talked about as like hush, hush, right? Yes. Or like this podcast or like a lot of the stuff on my podcast, people are like, I don't know if I can talk about that. And Mm. I'm thinking it's just sex. Yes. I mean, really, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. Right. I was lucky enough, I think, to feel liberal and open about this because my dad talked about it around the family dinner table, (laughs) (laughs) which I know sounds weird to everyone. And me and my brother talked about it recently, actually. And I was like, do you actually remember what those discussions were, like what we specifically talk about? And he's like, no, I can't. I think he was just trying to teach us about safe sex. (laughs) And, And we literally... Dinner, teenagers in high school. Yeah. Talked about sex. That's great. And I think that's very important, right? Mm. I mean, I think uh, uh, talking about masturbation and sex with kids, like we have two kids, six and nine, two boys, and I can't wait for that discussion because I want that discussion to be the same discussion that it is when we talk about, um, you know, how do you behave in school or how do you treat girls or how, you know, it's not any different from, it's not now, it's not like now we're having the discussion. Yeah. It's not the discussion. It's just a very important discussion. I agree. And I think like for any men listening out there are parents, I feel like it's made me more empowered as a woman um, for sure that my dad did that. Not that he probably even realized that that would lead to that, but I'm very grateful that he did because it's definitely done that for me. I think it's phenomenal. And I think more parents need to realize that by making it sort of this taboo that the kids are Mm. A, going to do it anyway, B, Mm. they might feel guilty about it or like Mm. do it somewhere else because they know they're not safe or free Mm -hmm. to do it at home. I want my kids, I want to let them know, like, if you have a room in our house, it is safe. Like, Mm. just, you know, let us know and we'll keep distance. But you don't have to go to some seedy motel Mm. or backseat of the car, although that can be fun. Um, You know, (laughs) but you don't have to, like, go hide it. Yeah. You know, I'm just like you. I'm committed to spreading the word that we can talk about orgasms and sex and masturbation and uh, monogamy and things like that without going like, oh, what are yeah. people thinking? Ooh. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. It's just like talking about where do you get your vegetables? You know? I've got some friends that say they can't orgasm like females. It's a very common thing or they haven't really experienced one or or maybe sometimes it sounds like they've experienced one but not like a full one. Yeah. Uh, but I've also read that men can face the same issue as well, right? Like they fake an orgasm sometimes. Really? Who are these guys? Never heard of that. (laughs) I don't know. Wow. No, I've I've heard of women uh, and and often it's referred to as being frozen. 
Okay. Whether it's through something that happened in the past sexually or religion or guilt or shame or anything, right? Usually yeah. there's something that happened and then they sort of just restrict access to that, you know, from their own mind and body. My wife and I are actually getting into a course in, I think it's in three weeks. It's called One Taste. That's the company. Oh, yes. It's called Ohm Orgasmic Meditation, mm -hmm. where uh, males or partners literally just serve the woman, the partner, by stroking them with their fingers every morning or whenever you do it once a day for 10, 15 minutes, almost like a meditation. Mm -hmm. And it's very physical. It's not like, oh, let's make love and let's have you have an orgasm. She may not have an orgasm, but it's just the act of freeing that physical thing up, right? Right. And it's not just for women who are frozen or guys who need to learn that, but I think it's fascinating because it does exist. But for men, I've never faked an orgasm myself. Okay. Uh, if anything, uh, sure, I may, may have had a couple of times when I just really couldn't come for a long time and I just mm -hmm. wanted to and I eventually did, but it's never been like, oh shit, I guess I should just say I came, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some guys that have that issue. I, I don't know. Never have Yeah. That. So, well, that's apparently what I heard. Sorry. But I guess, is that, uh, I wonder, that's not the same as erectile dysfunction where you just can't get, I don't know if it's can't get hard or can't have an orgasm. I'm not sure what the difference is, but it's probably somewhere in there. So I'm sure it exists. Yeah. 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 Um, what affects a man's orgasm? So you briefly spoke about the woman and being frozen, which I've also had a um, discussion and we do another podcast as well after this about why women do find it so hard to orgasm with my coach. And she says the reason is a lot of them are in their head, basically, and they're not mm. in the moment. Yeah, in the body, for, in the yeah, moment. in the body, yeah. in the moment yeah. for that reason. Can that happen to the man as well? I don't know. I mean, I definitely believe it's a human phenomena that we're in our head because that means we, you know, we make time exist because in our head we're usually thinking about the past Mm -hmm. or what we want to do in the future. But if we were mm -hmm. in the moment, then we would be in the body and feel and be with the partner, mm -hmm. right? I think if a man is not able to orgasm, it might have to do with e either he entered the sexual relationship thinking this is going to be great, but he's not really attracted to the woman or something's gone wrong in the meantime and he's just like not feeling it. Definitely can relate to that. But I'm not sure. I think the only way to wake it up, I believe, is for a man, for, for, from my point of view, mm -hmm. is is try different things. Like try – there's a reason why they put porn uh, films in the sperm bank waiting rooms or in the rooms, <laughs> right? Because they know that seeing sexual imagery that is not your own life, seeing like almost voyeuristically watching other people or trying something new yourself – on your body that you haven't tried anything I think will, will help. I don't know if it's yeah. going to fix it, but versus trying the same thing that hasn't worked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's true. Or as, as I say, maybe get a different hand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm starting to hear from some men that they are choosing not to have sex as quick in the dating phase because it's important to them that they develop a connection first. This is the complete opposite to what you normally think of the male stereotype, which is basically, and I don't know if this is a term in America, but this is definitely a term in Australia, to pump and dump. Right. It's not, I don't know if it is here. I've heard that before, but that's more of a pregnant woman breast milk uh, thing, oh. pump and dump. Uh, this one, I can relate though. I can, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> pump and dump boys. <laughs> that's one wow. for Aussie saying. Um, what are your thoughts on this? On which one? The pump and dump? <laughs> No, I suppose it has On the new purpose. type of men who yeah. are... I think those are younger men. I think in my generation is still... I still feel I'm I'm undoing a lot of the... Not damage, but the way of 
sexual being sexually being that I was when I grew up. Mm-hmm. I was very promiscuous. I I I looked for self validation in sex. I would you know if, if a girl had sex with me, I'm like, oh, I must be good looking. I must be good. Well, whatever that was, right? Mm. And so for me, that's the old generation. I think there is a new generation of men or or people, women included, that sort of are like, you know what? Let's not have sex in the first. Let's um let's get to know each other and let's make it a special thing, right? Mm. But then I also hear of a lot of people recently that I've been very surprised that are like, yeah, there's this, I'm using this app and I, you know, girls too, am I having sex two, three times a week and it's hot and it's quick and it's, uh, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what the the current barometer is, or what it tells us out there, what's out there, but there's mm. definitely a shift. I mean, yeah. I, w- I would imagine, especially after all these movements now with Me Too and all that, I think men are forced to rethink their sort of sexual energy, just like shooting out and talking to anybody and hoping to get laid, you know, like you said, pump and dump seems so, seems now so archaic Yeah, to me. But it was just a very interesting conversation I had with a friend and he's um, been very conscious of that, but he's also very conscious of himself and aware too. Yeah. But that's also a very interesting point you bring up about men that maybe their sexual achievements are also validation for themselves oh yeah that's huge for well i will say um let me back up for a second i will say that we are wired differently remember Mm -hmm. that book um excuse me uh men are from mars women are from Mm -hmm. venus there was a reason that was popular because we all finally went like yes we are different Mm -hmm. for some reason we all forgot about that book uh, by now (laughs) but we really are different men really and I've had countless discussions with my wife about this. We, for us, sex really is just an, an itch. I mean, for the most part, right? When we have beautiful love making with our partner, it's not. We can shift yeah. over. We can click over. Um, but it's it's usually just an itch. Like you, we will see a beautiful woman in the street and go, "Ah, oh, man." And quickly think what it must be like to have sex with that woman. Mm-hmm. Do we want to marry that woman? No. Do we want to be emotionally attached to her? Well, no, we don't even know that person, right? Mm. We may judge by a bear of butt cheeks or breasts or hair or a face, right? But it's so it's so instant. It's instant. It's every day. And it just happens. Yeah. And so then when we actually do want to have sex with someone, let's say, we're you know, I'm single and I want to have sex with a woman and then sometimes it's just that. I just want to feel what it, be inside a woman, feel that that pleasure, have the orgasm, feel touch, feel wanted and needed and feel masculine because, you know, being with a woman is a very uh, masculine assuring thing when a yeah. woman wants to have sex with you. So that's really it. And then, then we leave right after we come. I know this sounds weird. Right after we come, we go, please let there be no strings yeah. attached to me. And then we remove, right? The mm-hmm. problem is, though, that a lot of women uh, equate sex to love. Mm-hmm. And so while you're having sex, those little invisible strings attach to the man. And later it's like, so are we going to talk again? And the man hears, oh, God, no, relationship. No, 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 no. That's not what I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. But we would never get laid if we were up front and said, look, I just want to fuck the shit out of you. I'm not interested in love. Most women might be like, uh, yeah, no, thanks. Mm. Even though maybe they would like it, right? Mm. I don't know. I just feel there's an emotional string dance that we haven't figured out yet in this current culture society. We're still, men are still going in for the kill and women still want a life partner. And yeah. so there's always that, you know, I think it's shifting, but um, I know I got lost there a little bit, but. I love it. Um, it's great. Because I've actually had a quite a 
massive mental shift actually in life in general and it also definitely affects this part is I feel like we accidentally, we don't even consciously always do it, but often, and I was definitely guilty of this, future planning too yeah. quick on something and getting attached, totally. not, not necessarily just relationship, attached to an outcome, attached to a circumstance, attached to a job, like any, it's any area of your life. And you mean as a woman or? People. I think people. it's in people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. it definitely crosses over into sexual relations as well. And I've had a major shift where I'm like, there's no need for attachment. I'm just going to be in the moment now. Yeah. I'm not going to future project on where that's going to be. I'm just going to trust that the plan's unfolding, whatever that may be. And if that person's yeah. supposed to be in my life, they will. And if they're not, they'll, yeah. you know, leave and just not really particularly attached to but anything. That, I think that's beautiful. And as, as a man to hear that, that's very attractive, right? Because mm. it's like a woman saying, I'm not the string. It's almost like Spider-Man. I'm not the one that shoots strings at you while we're ha- making love. Yeah. Um. So for a man, it's like, oh, really? Okay. So it's very attractive. So my question to you is like, how did you, what what happened that you ha- made that shift? Like, that I, yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. A lot of my female friends do say that I think more like a male. They feel like mm. than a female, which I think it is influenced with the fact that I've grown up with males. So there's mm-hmm. there is that, but I still did attach to things in life. So not I'm not just talking relationships. I'm talking as a whole. Yeah. The shift happened um, when I went through this massive breakup two and a half years ago. And it brought me to my knees and all of a sudden life has crumbled <laughs> and which, I have no yeah. idea what's going on. Which, which we'll hear on my podcast <laughs> episode with you, <laughs> yes. which was a beautiful story. Yes. So you should definitely tune <laughs> into that episode. <laughs> so you're saying that, was it kind of like uh, you were so attached? I don't mean so attached, but you were just attached to a, a future plan. outcome, right? You had a plan. Yeah, I had a plan. I was getting married in six months. And we crushed. just built this house. I had yeah. a plan and it was ripped out from underneath me. Me just boom. So, to, did you overnight. did you take that as an as evidence that nothing is ever permanent? Nothing ever. Definitely. Well, there's no guarantee, right? Definitely, I took that as you can have the best plan in the lot, like yeah. in your life, and it can get ripped out from underneath you when you least expect it. Yeah. But as painful as it was back then, it was the most critical point in my growth and putting me back in the right direction. And I had no other choice but to lean into the pain, lean into the uncertainty. Like I was homeless for seven months, just bouncing between Uh friends and things like that. And that's was a pretty hard thing to get my head around at the age of 30. Yeah. And I also chose a little bit to be homeless because I didn't really know where I belonged. And I thought maybe I wanted to move to Los Angeles from Australia so, and well, then I'm glad might, you did. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> glad I did. I never would have met you, and that's yeah. a blessing. I've yeah. met amazing people. But from that and then the healing journey that I went through to heal from that breakup was when, and with my coach, Shereen, really learned that we shouldn't attach to outcomes and people and things like that and just try to be very present in the moment every day yep. and just see what flows in and flows out. So the other thing that we talked about was not over planning like a year or two away, like, you know, they say when you're driving a car at night time and the headlights, you can only see so far. And if you look into the dark, you're going to miss maybe like in Australia if the kangaroos come yeah. out. Yeah, here it's a deer. The deer, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to boom. So we don't want to get hit by the kangaroos yeah. or the deer. Yeah, yeah. So we just need to focus on the part of the light. And we put a time frame on that. We're like maybe six months. That's great. And so two things that came up for me while you were talking which yeah. is great. So one is 
you went to a low point in life, right? Yeah. And you could have gone lower, but, you know, people die out there with no food, right? Yeah. But you went to a low point in your life, and that became a teacher in itself, right? And mm -hmm. I think the problem with society is that we don't allow ourselves to ever be vulnerable to possibly fall to that low point, right? Mm -hmm. So we keep ourselves safe, what we mm -hmm. call comfortable. Mm -hmm. I like when parents say, I just want my kids to have a comfortable life. I'm always like, fuck that. I don't want them to be comfortable. I want them to have a life that's challenging and rewarding at the same time. And mm -hmm. they fall, they, you know, they get back up. And so I feel like that's one thing is you were uh, like literally f had fallen down there and that was a wake up call. And then the second thing you said, which is important to me, you had a coach, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say this, and not because I'm a coach, but I say this to people is like, get a coach for whatever you're up to in life, whether it's life itself or your relationship or your, your, uh, workout or sports, whatever, like you will do better in life with a coach because they can see blind spots that definitely we, we can't see. Right. So I think you did the right thing. And I just wanted to ask that because that's really important to me when, when a girl says, well, I'm just not attached anymore to things. I go, that's interesting, but how did you get there, right? So thanks for sharing yeah, that. Yeah, so it took me a bit to get there and I genuinely mean it. But it's also not because saying that you're detached can also sound very cold as well and you could yeah. be cold. And it's not, it's not. I don't come cold like I'm, I've shut my heart No, not at all. And it's like, whoa, right. this isn't happening. It's just I don't have expectations anymore. Yeah, because you could be resentful of, of your, your breakup and yeah. be like, fine, I'll just be detached. Yeah. And then you just sleep around and bye-bye. You know, yeah. and it's, I don't get that from you. You're not that kind of person. And that's why it's, why it's remarkable because it takes something to fall that low, get back up and not actually make that wrong, but, but thank mm. that event and say, thank you for life, for showing mm. me the low point. Cause now I've been there. Mm. No, thank you. And now I'm going to go wherever I'm going to go. And know? the other thing I can share with that as well, which might help some listeners too, is all my family and friends were very scared on my behalf um, after the breakup that I'd end up in another relationship and get hurt. They didn't want yeah. me to get in another relationship quickly and get hurt, which I understood their, why they felt like that because they saw the pain that I went through and the ones that very close to me saw how, how tough it was and they didn't want me to go through that again. But I used that moment as a reverse flip. Mm. I used it as I actually don't think anyone can hurt me worse than what I've experienced, so therefore I survived this and I'm okay and I turned this into a good opportunity and a growth opportunity. So, yeah, you, you open your heart, you have the risk of getting hurt, but in the end, I survived at once. Yeah. I can survive yeah. again, right? Absolutely. get stronger, right? Yeah. So build the resilience in. So, And just to bring it back to your uh, orgasm or your <laughs> detachment from orgasm, right? As a woman, you're dating. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm married. But when I used to date, like as a guy – as a young guy, we go out and you're kind of looking for a, what is it, pump and dump? Right? <laughs> because again, there's that itch. And then you have alcohol, you go to a club, you know, women mm -hmm. are dressed up sexy, you're feeling good. And so the idea of like, if by the end of the night, I can have a woman in my bed that's decent looking, mm -hmm. and I get to feel that physical pleasure mm -hmm. of the orgasm, then it's a good night, right? Mm -hmm. And often we do that. And if I think we then are not authentic, we don't say, Nice to meet you. Da, da, da. To be honest, I, you know, I like you a lot. I'm very attracted to you. Uh, would you love to have beautiful sex? Mm -hmm. Right. And then the woman is like, oh, you're such a pig, dirty, blah, blah, bye. Mm -hmm. 
cool. I mean, at least you were honest. Mm -hmm. You weren't playing around like, hey, girl, you know, you're my type. And hey, what do you do? And men try to sort of cover that up, right? And to me, that's only because the orgasm feels so fucking good that you that you want that and you'll say anything, right? You'll be mm -hmm. like, hey, I'll just tell guys even say that sometimes. What did what story did you tell her oh, really? to get her to bed, right? Wow. Oh, I told her, you know, I was like, guys will make shit up, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure girls do too, but and and to me that's a, a feeling that's a, a a proof that an, an orgasm feels so good that we just will do anything to have it because it's for men it's a, it's an itch. Mm. I'm going to call it the 80-year itch, you know, um, hopefully the last 80, but, you know, and for women, I see it more as a sacred because women, and my wife actually brought this up, she said, you know, as women, we were brought up to give life to bear children. So when a man comes in with his penis and sperm, it's not just like, oh, anybody come on in, open up, because we're still feeling like if it's the right person, we'll open up and we'll give life, right? Mm. And I thought that was very interesting because- mm. A lot of women can be detached and just say it's just physical pleasure. Mm. And I think, I don't want to say that's how it should be, but in today's society, I feel like if we as men and women can work together to understand that sometimes the man just needs to scratch that itch and I can help as a woman and it'll be respectful clean, loving, but we I don't have to be sometimes attached. sometimes women need to scratch the itch as well. Well, I was just going to say, this is yeah. the same on the other side. But I feel nobody's admitting it. Nobody's saying, actually, you know what? Once in a while, I just need to get fucked. I'll admit right? that. And I'll admit that I've yeah. had this discussion with girlfriends openly that we just need to scratch the itch. Or I'll be like, clean the um, cobwebs out of that closet, girl. <laughs> I've, I've heard that before. But then don't you think, but then don't, but, but then isn't there the danger for, let's say, I don't want to say average, but for women who are possibly not as detached as you are. Oh, yeah. I get that response that back. That they're jumping, right? So they'd <laughs> I, rather not. Yeah, I get that response back as well. But I think the judgments coming with what you're saying with like the club scenario or something like that and the stories that men feel like they need to um, make up for that to happen. Manipulate, yeah. yeah. Which is sad that it's not been authentic. But this is the whole point of what I'm trying to communicate to people is we need to try to not judge, judge less, and not, but also not react or attach that person, like just sort of be like, yeah, that's cool. I respect, but that's just not where I'm at. That's not going to work for me. Or you might yeah. get a girl and be like, yeah, that works for me too. Cool. Or if a guy says, and this is to the women out there, and I'm <laughs> radical about that. If a guy says to a woman at a club, respectfully, I, th I think you're beautiful. Would you like to sleep with me? To just thank him for being straightforward mm. and not be like, you fucking pig. Yeah. Because what does that mean, you fucking pig? Does that mean that... He shouldn't have said that because he's thinking about sex. But how can he not if you're beautiful? You know, it's, it's it, a contradiction because you're saying it is a contradiction. They're they coming from something else. Coming, this, yeah. and then they go to be honest, and then you call him a pig. So he's like, "Damned if you do, damned if you don't." Yeah. Do you rather have the guy who talks up a storm that he's actually looking for a wife and he's got money and hey, mm. we can have an apartment and you can live with me and blah 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 and all this stuff, and then the woman gets dumped and it's like, oh, you fucking asshole. Mm. So, you know, I just feel. Men have to learn how to be more respectful, authentic, and, you know, with women. And I think women's uh, learning is to actually acknowledge men when they're being authentic. Mm. Because it takes us fucking balls to be courageous. Like some of the stuff that I talk to with my wife, and we'll get into that, yeah. um, I believe, on another episode, is that, you know, for men to 
bring up things like, I would like to try this with you sexually. I would like to explore this mm -hmm. or, or by the way, like these things take a lot of courage. I mean, it's, it takes a man to mention them. I never realized that, you know, I've been more courageous bringing up stuff with my wife that I've ever been in life as a man. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But she then acknowledges me for, wow, I, I get the courage it took for you mm -hmm. to have this conversation. And while I first made you wrong and got insecure and jealous, I get that it took, a, you know, mm. it's a massage, it's a dancing conversation that we're just not taught in school. Yeah, I agree. It's not part of our society yet, but it, it's, it's getting there. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. And I just found this interesting <laughs> fact that I wanted to read because I thought oh, it yeah? was just sort of a bit fun and funny. All right. Um, so apparently the average speed of ejaculation for males is 28 miles per hour. Ah, that's is, the speed of the sperm coming out? Yeah, the life force. Wow. Boom. Okay. Um, which is almost exactly... And I'm sure Usain Bolt's very proud of this moment in his <laughs> career. But it's almost exactly Usain Bolt's world record for maximum running pace. Wow. <laughs> so, That's his speed? Yeah. Wow. So his running pace was 27.79 miles per hour. And the nice. sperm would actually just beat him a little bit while <laughs> was racing. So next time you're watching a race... <laughs> Think different. Yes. So I love it. That's what I'm going to end it on. <laughs> Thanks right. for listening. Keep shining. Bye. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.